You're listening to episode 243 of the Tennis Vols podcast with special guest Eric Methelier from Fury Sport. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, this is Mirban Iranshad, and welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here listening, and I hope that you've been playing a lot of tennis and learning and implementing what you've learned, whether that's from the podcast or any other great resource, uh, if that's your coach that you have teaching you in person or online. And uh, today we have a great interview with Eric Mathelier from Fury Sport. I actually asked Eric to uh, to help me pronounce his last name, and I chose the French version. So <laughs> it's really great to have him on. I think it's maybe a few few months now uh, where Ed Starr, who's on the board of Fury Sport, had contacted me, and it's really cool because Ed is a a listener of the podcast, and he mentioned that he was on the board of Fury Sport and. Uh, it was nice enough, along with Eric and Michelle, to send me some uh, some gear from Fury Sport, rackets and strings, grips and hoodie as well. And, you know, they said no pressure or anything with it, but I really enjoyed, you know, testing all of the stuff that they gave me and uh, just really great quality stuff. And we got to brainstorming and I thought that it would be really, really cool to interview Eric, who's one of the co-founders, as I mentioned with Michelle, about the brand, because it's it's not easy to put out a top quality tennis brand, you know, that's new, especially in th- this day and age with all the other, you know, established brands, if you will, you know, Wilson, Babolat, Prince, uh, Head, etc. But Fury Sport is a really unique brand uh, with really cool and fresh and hip style that I personally enjoy uh, wearing and sporting. Um, so uh, we're going to get into the ins and outs of how Eric started or actually co-founded Fury Sport along with the mission, the unique mission of Fury Sport, uh, which you know, I'll kind of give you a sneak peek, which is to just uh, make tennis more popular amongst you know a lot of populations that perhaps are not uh, don't feel so inclusive uh, or included in the sport. And I think that's a really cool mission statement. And, um, you know, as we'll talk in the show, I mean, a lot of times, you know, when you look at certain tennis players or the the majority as, you know, a person from a different demographic, perhaps like you might not feel like it's a, a fun place to to pursue, to, to be involved with. But when you um, start to see all these, you know, cool, new, stylish, you know, I guess combining, you know, fashion and and you know hip hop culture and urban culture and such uh like you see Francis Tiafo and Nick Kyrgios i mean that attracts a, a whole new bunch of of uh, a whole new demographic of people to the sport which is what we want we want it to be diverse and very inclusive so 
really, really enjoy Fury Sport, and uh, it was a great uh, conversation with Eric. So we're going to talk about what Fury Sport is and uh, the different products that they have that I've been testing and enjoying. And also, uh, it's really, really cool to to learn just how the development process is, um, and you know which products did Fury Sport develop first, and then what is coming out for them. So this is certainly a, a little bit of a different episode from the standpoint of uh, us focusing on a brand and you know how they're developing their products. But I think it's really, really fun and entertaining as well, and also informative. So um, with that, I would like to bring you to my interview with Fury Sports, Eric Mathelier. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And it is an honor and a pleasure to have on Eric Mathelier on the podcast to talk about Fury Sport. I've really been enjoying using, obviously, I've got this hoodie on if you all are, are watching visually, at least. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, maybe you can't see it, of course. But uh you know, the hoodie, the rackets, the strings, the grips, it really been great, uh, high quality stuff and really excited to, to feature, you know, a, a brand that is really cool, in my opinion, and very unique from a lot of the other ones out there. So, Eric, uh, thanks a lot for coming on to the podcast. And uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Doing well. Thank you for having me. For sure. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, um, it's a pleasure. And uh, I just want to start off. Um, I really enjoy learning how people get their start playing tennis. So, how did you get your start in the sport? So, actually, it was by I want I want to say by accident, but my first love was actually baseball. So, mm-hmm. I grew up in um, East Flatbush, Brooklyn, which is one of the five boroughs in New York City. Um, my family's from Haiti, so I'm a first generation Haitian American. So, my first early memories, you know, of playing sports was baseball. I wanted to be a uh, I guess maybe a major league baseball player, you know, but um, how I got into tennis was at the age of 10. I was one of two, you know, black kids on an all white baseball team um, in Sheep's Head Bay, Brooklyn, which at the time was predominantly white. And during that time, and I'm dating myself, but this is the late 80s. They had a teenager by the name of Yusef Hawkins. There was a documentary on HBO, I think it came out last year, but um, he ended up going into the neighborhood to go. I think it was check it, to check out a car. He ended up getting into an altercation with a group of white kids. He ended up getting killed. So, you know, New York City was, the city was, you know, it was a lot of craziness going on, you know, racial stuff. So my family, you know, were, was a little hesitant for me. It was a little bit scared for me to, even though, you know, I would have someone take me there. But that did that this whole vibe, you know, they didn't, you know, want me to be a part of it. You know, at the time being 10, I didn't really understand, you know, you know, racism or anything like that. You know, you feel like the world is all... Um, Everything is, you know, Rosie. great. Yeah, Rosie, exactly. So I had to stop playing. It's like, you know, I don't feel comfortable. So you had to, you know, I had to stop playing. So I was a pretty active kid. I started to get into basketball too, but I was short. So I was one of those kids that, you know, when we had a lineup for class, I was the, one of the first kids in um in 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 the row. Um, I actually grew to be five ten, which you know I'm happy to be. But you know, when I was young, I didn't think I was going to even be that height. So yeah, so um, you know, I remember calling my mom and you know asking her, "Can't play baseball, so I need something to do." You know, I had a lot of energy, so I was like, "You know what? I think I'm going to try this tennis." You know, prior to that, like you know, when I was seven or eight, I would see it on TV, but I thought it was boring. I was like, ah, "I don't really like it. It's it's, it's slow." But you know, she's like, you know, Eric, if if you um you don't want to play, go on the yellow pages and go find somewhere. So that was typical of my mom. You know, at the time, I didn't realize it. I was like, damn, why can't she just you know do it for me? But you know, she she wanted me to be you know determined and not depend on anyone to to do things. So I actually found a local tennis club um, not too far from my house, uh, Prospect Park Tennis Center. 
And that's when I, you know, that's how I got started at the age of 10. I, you know, I went once a week. So either my grandmother or my mom would take me and I would take lessons. And that's how I, you know, you know, that's how I got started. It's awesome, Eric. And you ended up being at a, a getting to a pretty high level. I mean, you ended up playing college tennis. I think you got a scholarship. Yeah, St. Francis well, College. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. How, how did that go for you? So how did that happen? So I did. So after three years of, you know, playing once a week, I just, you know, I was like, I, I fell in love with the sport. And I was like, man, you know, I would see some of, you know, some of these junior players who some of them ended up becoming lifelong friends with like so much better than me. I'm like, how do I, how do I get better? And, you know, I sat down with my coach at the time, his name was Todd Snyder. And he said, all you got to do is play more. So luckily enough, uh, you know, my mom was able to put me in summer camp back then, you know, it wasn't too expensive. So I just started playing from the age of 13 on. So that summer at the age of 13, I, you know, I played every day and I was able to improve, you know, within one year, I won most improve at the tennis club. And as a result, I was able to play a tournament in Bermuda. Um, and that was my first plane ride. Prior to that, I had never flown on the airplane. So, you know, a lot of things happened within that year. And then I started playing junior tennis. And then, uh, you know, I got good lucky enough to get a college scholarship to St. Francis College, which is a D1 school. And uh, yeah, so I played and I graduated in 2000. That's super neat, Eric. Tennis opens a lot of doors and, you know, gives exactly. you a lot of first experiences. So um, that's super neat. So, Eric, I'm curious also about the period in between college tennis for you and then up until when you decided to co-found Fury Sports. So can you talk to us about that as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. So after college, I spent two years in uh, finance. So I was in the mutual fund industry. So I worked uh, for Sun America. Did that. And then after the two years, ended up getting my series six. And then for a hot second, I was like, all right, you know, maybe I'll, you know, pursue the financial route. But, you know, again, I had that interest in going to law school or grad school. So, you know, I applied to certain, uh, a few law schools, didn't get into the schools that I wanted to, but I got into um, the grad school. So I ended up going to grad school. So I graduated in 2006 with a degree in urban policy, and I ended up working for the Department of Housing Preservation and Development, which is one of the city agencies in New York City. Um, and I did that for seven months before uh, I got ended up getting fired, believe it or not, um, didn't get along with my boss. And, mm. you know, I always knew, like I said, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know when. And at that moment in 2007, I had some money saved up and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I need to take some time to, you know, figure it out. So that's kind of uh, what started my entrepreneurial journey. So I dabbled my hand in a few things. And then my first, you know, I would say little success. I had a, a, a just believe it or not, a dessert delivery business that I co-founded. Mm -hmm. I did that for two years, got burnt out. And then from there, me and my former co-founder at the time uh, launched uh, a, media, a media company, small media site around um, culture, streetwear, around that stuff. And then at the end of 2015, while I was actually down in Miami doing an event with Airbnb, Michelle, who I, my co-founder, who I um, met previously in 2014, came to me with this idea that ended up becoming Fury Sport. That's neat. And, uh, you know, things don't just go from idea to uh, all of a sudden all these awesome products here, you got to <laughs> put in a lot of work. So I'm wondering, you know, I guess, how did you all first decide on what products to create? Because obviously you got, as we mentioned, you know, you got the tennis equipment part of it with the racket strings, uh, the bags, with, bags, which look fantastic as well. And then you got the clothing um, and you even have like a, a pretty cool line as well, like um, kind of like Japanese type Inspired. of... Um, Inspired. Is it like cool, an elevated? Yeah. We, yeah, we like to call it elevated uh, streetwear. Yeah. So we knew 
in order for us to be taken seriously, we needed to have equipment, you know, and obviously people, you know, when you talk to people like, oh, wow, how do you, you know, a tennis racket looks very simple, but to make a good one is, and I'm going to say a lot of varies, but very, 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 very hard. So we knew coming out the gate, we needed to have equipment and we needed to do it, I guess, the best way we could. So our, our, you know, our thesis was like, all right, let's focus on equipment first and then gradually develop our, um, you know, accessories, then our apparel. Got you. Got you. And then I guess to kind of just go deeper into the, the racket route, because mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, basically, I mean, there's a lot of racket companies out there, you know, making tons of different rackets. So what was that process like in terms of like deciding on, you know, the look, the technology and, you know, the who, who to cater for as well and all that? Mm-hmm. I, I, so that was the million dollar questions because there were so many different, you know, ways we could have yeah. gone. We had a lot of meetings, you know, some of them were very, let's just say, uh, highly, there was a, it was, the energy was very, uh, yeah, very, it could be contentious, you know, because everyone had their opinion. And at the time, so we decided this journey started in 2016, you know, um, just to give, you know, people some context. And at the time, I would say I had stopped playing tennis. So, you know, prior to that, it was 2004, I would play recreationally. So I went like, you know, I would follow professional sports, but I went a good, you know, 2004, you know, maybe I'd play once in a blue mood. So I, I just didn't touch a racket, you know, life, you know, you started to do, you know, doing different startups and stuff like that. So for me, I grew up playing with Prince Racket. So I'm, I'm biased towards more of a, you know, traditional boxed frame mm-hmm. type of frames, um, rackets. But a lot of people at the time was like Babalot, Babalot. You know, when I started getting back into it, everyone had a Babalot racket, yeah. you know, round shape, power. So that was the big debate amongst the people who was helping us to develop is like, oh, do we go the round shape route or do we go more of the traditional? But, um, you know, so I have two main consultants that work with us. One is from Japan. He's worked with Wilson and Head for over 30 years. He had his opinion and have another master racket technician who um, owns two pro shops in New Jersey, childhood friend of mine. And, you know, what we what we guessed and we seem to have guessed right, we thought the market was actually moving away from a round shape and more back towards more traditional box frame. And, you know, just for your listeners, if they're like, okay, what's the difference between a round shape box frame? Round shape tends to be more powerful. Box frame tends to be more of the control oriented racket. It's like the Wilsons, the heads of the world. Um, Round shape is more bobolot rackets, stuff like that. So we, you know, we made the, you know, we had a few people who, you know, no longer working with us was like, hey, let's just make a racket similar to Bobolot. But we were thinking like, listen, as a new brand, if we just make a, a racket similar to Bobolot as a consumer, who are they going to go with? A new brand or are we going to go with a brand that's, you know, established? So we right. like, you know what? If we're going to have a shot. Let's, you know, go with the tr- you know traditional frame. So that's the route that we went. And one of the things, you know, a racket is a racket, right? So it's, it's you don't have that much uh, wiggle room in the design process because pretty much everything has been done. So we had to figure out, uh, you know, creative ways to kind of take a traditional frame, but bring it into, you know, a, a modern time. So like, if you take a look at the the, the shape of the, the racket, it's more of a, you know, box, but it has more teardrop, you know, shape and stuff like that. So as we're thinking through these things, we felt like, okay, these are, you know, some of the key things that we think could make a, a very stable racket. Mm-hmm. That was the initial thought process. And then figuring out the technology, what, you know, what type of technology we wanted to use, 
And the market that we wanted to cater to was more of a recreational market. But once we got our first prototypes, we realized, oh, wow, this is actually a player's frame was actually better than what we expected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reviews, you know, what I feel and also reviews that I've heard as well is that it's it's really a unique racket. I mean, you have like 101 square inch and you got exactly. Like, that's my that's that's a yeah. consultant. He, he in his head. We're like, are we going to do 100? He's like, no, no, no. Let, let's do 101. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're the expert. So I'm like, all right, I want to go with that. But, uh, you know, when we tell people that everyone is shocked, they're like, no, the, the racket, you know, we've gotten like, oh, that looks like a 95. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, mm, that's a bit of a stretch. But I've heard a 98. No, you know, it's just, again, it's just how we designed it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think you guys did a great job with your consultants. And, you know, I, I feel that it's it's really like, it's stable, good balance of, of, you know, stiffness as well. It's not too stiff. It's not going to kill your arm like some certain brands. <laughs> and yeah, great feel. And I think you guys did a great job with it. And it's nice that you offer like a light version. I think that's yeah. like 10 ounces unstrung and then a 10.8 yes. ounces for the, the pro version. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good stuff, man. And um, oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And then also, yeah, I think in terms of the tech, you have the energy return technology and then the vibration return technology. So I guess like the the latter is for the comfort and then the former is like more for like to, is that for like extra power? Extra power. Yeah. Cause as you okay. know, you know, with box frame rackets, they tend to be more control oriented. So when I yeah. used to play with my Prince racket, I had to throw some lead on, you know, to get a little bit more umph. So we mm. wanted to, you know, in a stock, obviously, you know, there's people, you know, I have friends that play with our stick, they put lead, that's fine. But we out of the gate, at least for stock, we wanted to have, you know, some good umph. For some people, it's surprise, you know, it might be a little bit too powerful because I have a friend, he calls our strings, our C4 string, because it's orange. He calls it the orange crush. So he's like, you're Eric with the racket is like, it's too powerful for me. So I have to actually hybrid it out. But um, all jokes aside, we just wanted to create a stock racket that had a good enough pop to it. Then, you know, like if you now, if you feel like you wanted a little bit more power, you can customize it to your like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. You can always use that, that lead tape to get, um, you know, the perfect, uh, you know, combination for you. Uh, curious to, by the way, did you use the, uh, the Michael Chang racket? Was that what you used? Yeah. I used the graphite. The graphite, yeah. the green, yeah, exactly. The Michael oh, Chang, yeah. classic, classic one, so exactly. Classic. And then when I yeah. got back before we co-founded, I played with the Prince Techstream. It's the green and black one that my, um, Lucas Puy used to use, you know, before he switched to Bob a lot. So that's the one I was using mm. when I got back in 2016 when I got back into the sport. Got you, got you. Very cool, very cool. And just in terms of like getting, you know, I guess the word out there with with the racket, especially. Like, I mean, what are your main avenues like how how are you um you know trying to spread it. the word and everything so right now you know obviously we've been a new brand it's always a challenge yeah. you don't have the big budgets as the bigger brands but a lot of it has been we, we haven't done any um digital media so a lot of it if it has been press has been earned media so we were in the new york times we were mentioned in l magazine business of fashion you know complex so some really credible so that helped a lot but it's, it's been really primarily word of mouth and coaches, you know, coaches who come on board, who've been pushing it to their clients. So those are the two main, and on our website, you know, if you hear about us, you come to our website and stuff like that. So I would say those are the, you know, three or four uh, main channels. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely highly encourage that you all demo these rackets. I mean, you guys, you have a demo program, right? Yes. So yeah, so the okay. demo program now is, you know, you come onto the site, you can demo up to two rackets for $30. You can hold on to the racket for 14 days. And if you do decide to purchase the racket, you that $30 can be added to the uh, uh, the price of the rackets. 
That is an excellent uh, deal, in my opinion, because, you know, I think most places only give you a week, um, yeah. you know, and then I don't know that they I mean, maybe some of them apply the, the, the demo racket money, but I don't know that all of them do that. So that's that's really good. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And then how about the um, the C4 strings? I mean, first of all, I love the color. Fantastic. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. have like many, you know, orange. orange type. Yeah, exactly. Orange crush. As your friend says, um, and you know, co- copolyester monofilament. I think that's a yep. that's a great move in terms of you know that that type of string. So yeah, just tell me any other details and and maybe how. Oh, also, I guess how did you um, you know, come up with that as well? Like, was that also a consultant that you uh, talked to? to yeah. Out? So again, you know, again, being a small, we don't have a big R and D team. So just really leaning in on people who have you know between our two consultants, it's combined like over. 50 years of industry experience, right? So they, you know, they seen what worked, see what they seen what worked and seen what didn't. So when we were again thinking, we knew we wanted to come out with a polyester string, but we number one with the color because again, fashion is built into our DNA. We wanted something that at least it's not out there, you know, very often. So if you do see that, you know, orange color, you're like, oh, okay, that's you know, fury, you know, um, right. or right. hopefully, you know, people start to associate the orange with uh, fury. But when we were thinking about it, you know, we tested it, you know, all different types of strings, but we wanted a string, you know, this string is more round shaped, so it doesn't have bite. Because when we were testing out, I tend to like, you know, strings with some bite, but then when you, you get some people, you they like it or they don't. So we just wanted to, then we like, you know what, let's just do a round shape, pretty, you know, baseline um, string. But I think the key feature, because I think polyester sometimes gets a bad rap of how stiff it is, the C4 strings tend to be soft. It has a really, you know, it's very soft and it has good tension maintenance. So those were the two main things that we wanted to do because polyester tends to lose tension pretty quickly. This one, sometimes, you know, I have certain people, you know, certain, you know, uh, customers who say, damn, I'm getting 13, 14 hours. I'm still getting the tension maintenance. This is, it's too good now, you know? So I'm like, hey, just <laughs> cut it out, you know? Right, right. I think that's a great move too. I mean, you, you definitely want your, uh, you know, players to be comfortable um, in terms of, yeah, some, some of these polys out there are really rough on the arm. Um, so that's cool. And also, yeah, I meant to ask you, um, how did you come up with the names too for uh, the rackets and the strings? <laughs> so, I mean, again, as a team, one of my consultants came up with the name Arma. So he was like, we were thinking through, you know, all different types of names, right? And, you know, some of the names were old names from the past that, you know, probably like, ah, we can't do that. We'll probably get, uh, we'll get in trouble. But, you know, we're thinking about, you know, like Arma just means weapon in Spanish. So like, you know, what yeah. do you do when you go on a tennis court? So it's, it's that's your weapon. So once, right. once that, and we really, you know, we did our little due diligence. We saw there was no other racket name that we're like, yo, that's perfect. You know, your Arma, your, your, your weapon of choice. And it was the C4 because the polyester had good pop. C4 is explosion, basically. So yeah. that's true. That, yeah. So that's how we came up with the name. That's cool. That's cool. This like random side note. I, I, I just realized that. Cause like I, I play, I used to play a lot of counter-strike um, okay. and like you got plant the C4. So I was like, Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh that's yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Witness history at Roland Garros where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis channel plus is your place to watch stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. 
Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, man. Cool. So, and then, yeah, I guess with the properties for this, for the string, I mean, I mean, it seems like for what I feel is I get, you know, great spin, uh, control and also power as well. I mean, it's just a good, you know, all around comfortable string. Like you said, a little bit softer. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I think people should definitely check that out as well. And, you know, just to go back to, uh, I really like what y'all are doing too, because I mean, when you look at a lot of, um, you know, people, I guess when people are looking at the sport, you know, they want to feel like some inclusion and feel like, you know, cool and everything like that and fashionable. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you see a lot of really fantastic players like uh, Francis Tiafo, who's local to us and Naomi yeah. Osaka and, and uh, Nick Kyrgios and they're wearing, you know, like very fashionable. Uh, yeah. NBA on or, you know, jersey. NBA and gear. Stuff yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, Nick yeah. loved the NBA. He's a big, big Boston <laughs> Celtics fan. So yeah. If, if, if he could play with a jersey, I'm sure he would, he, he would love to do that. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So, I mean, I mean, that's, I think that's partially why you're, you know, infusing, you know, the fashion side so that I think that's just going to help overall to get more people like to see, oh, you know, Fury Sport, they got really cool, like clothing and, and mission statements. So I'm going to like rock their stuff and then they're going to want to play more tennis. So I think it's, it's a service, you know, by, by uh, doing what you all are doing. So. Oh, no, thank you. Um, just a little, yeah. you know, to explain. I think, you know, when we're thinking again, you know, like our thesis back in 2016, you know, you know, my business partner, again, she comes from fashion. She worked at Calvin Klein, Macy's, right. started off for Korean Macy's, Calvin Klein, DKNY, when DKNY was, you know, uh, very popular, Polo. We, we knew that tennis and fashion were associated, but I think sometimes people forget that. You know, we, you know, there's a lot of people that rock the Stan Smith sneakers, right? You know, you see everyone, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. crossed over. But, you know, if you tell someone that doesn't know tennis or doesn't play, I'm like, you know, that's technically a tennis sneaker that someone played back in the 70s. They'll be like, oh, really? Yeah. So tennis does have that. But I feel like over the years, it kind of, I don't want to say lost its way, but, you know, it got away from that. And I know when I got into the sport, you know, my favorite player was Andre Agassi. And when he had the long hair, you know, um, you know, the, denim shorts with the tights underneath that was cool and his sneakers i mean just growing up in an urban environment you know i would rock that and still and not feel like i was uh you know out of place you know as an alternative to wearing you know michael jordan sneakers and stuff like that that was pretty popular back then so it had that crossover feeling i feel like tennis can have that but i i just think that we got safe you know the sport got safe and, you know, this would work. This is what worked. And I think now we're reaching now in 2022 with the new generation coming in. It's an opportunity to kind of like, you know, uh, reimagine the sport. And this is how we're going to grow it. You know, I think, you know, if we can continue to get new brands come in, have a different point of view. I think this is great. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent, man. Great stuff. And uh, as well, um, actually, one of my friends, Mike, he uh, one day he came into our Friday uh clinic and he had a, a fury bag so i really like those uh it looks really cool and you got like um a two to three racket like backpacks and then you got the 12 pack racket bag and you got the two racket tote bag from what i've yep. seen on the site so yep. um how, yeah how about that was uh, what was that in the pecking order was that like um third that or was number two or? oh no okay. that was actually, oh. so that was the racket and that was number two so the whole thought process behind that so i you know i was talking to michelle and I told her, I know we got a conversation about the bag. And I was like, you know, when I was playing, you would never catch me with my Prince bag outside of tennis. It's literally to the tennis court and home. 
You wouldn't uh, see me walking around because it's like, it was, I hate, you know, it, it wasn't cool. Right. So I was like, if we were to do something, we definitely need to make it fashionable. So, yes. you know, some people ask us like, why black for us, black is just the counter of, you know, it's like anti. So, yeah. you know, cause I guess tennis has that perception of country club. So we're mm -hmm. like, you know what, we want to be the opposite of that. So black and blacks also to, you know, just has, it's just a sleek look to it. So when we're thinking about the branding, you know, especially in tennis, there's never, I don't think there's been a brand that's just like predominantly black. So that was one. When we're thinking through the bags, we knew we wanted it to be functional, but also fashionable. So the way the bags look, it doesn't look like a traditional tennis bag besides our heli, the big 12 pack, everything else, you know, we wanted it to be like, Hey, if you don't use it for tennis, you can use it for something else. So it has a multi-purpose functionality to it. And being a brand from New York city, where a lot of us live in apartments that are not too big. You don't have room for a lot of bag. So we True. wanted to make sure that, um, hey, if you use this bag, it has, you know, multi-use. So that was kind of our initial thought process behind the designs of the bag. Yeah, I definitely love it, man. I mean, you know, I was looking at these bags. Um, they look fantastic. You know, I would Thank use you. them for not not just, yeah, for sure, not just for tennis. Um, but, you know, if you do look at, at most of the, maybe probably all like of the, the racket backpacks, it's like, I, I don't know that I would, bring that to like uh, Starbucks to like, you know, to work and stuff like it's just not, not, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not quite. Like I, I have my, I still have my old Prince bag. It's, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at it and I was like, damn, man, I, I was like, <laughs> it's just folded up in the corner. And I'm just like, geez, cause I was, you know, I had the big 12 pack. I would just like literally go to the court, come home. You know, I wouldn't, you know, cause I felt a little embarrassed, you know, like, Oh, you play tennis. <laughs> e? E, you play tennis. I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You know, that's yeah. kind of the, that's the feeling I, you know, I used to, I used to have. Yeah. Be like, Oh, you think you're a prince or something? Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now when I'm wearing my bag, I'm like, I'm cool. I'm just walking through doo doo do, you know, uh, no problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the logo is, is excellent as well. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah. And I definitely highly recommend you all check that out at the uh, I think it's slash collection slash bags. And then, you also have uh, some nice overgrips as well. Um, mm -hmm. And was that, uh, what was that in the pecking order? That was, so brackets was first. Back, oh, that was actually third. That was actually third. Third, okay. Oh, so, okay. So you had the rackets, then the um, bags, bags and overgrips. Then the overgrips. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was nice. the third in the pecking order because nice. we wanted to be, a, you know, full suite. You know, it's really, you know, we have four different SKUs. We have one. That's a little bit more tacky, which we call the ultimate overgrip. Then we have the perforated. That's the one with the hold. Then we have the super thin, which is similar to our ultimate overgrip, but it's just a little bit thinner. And then we have our dry type, which would be comparable to a torn grip. You have any recommendations like this on, I mean, even just generally or, or you know, for like who should use like what grips? Um, um, if you sweat a lot, you know, you sweat, like if you live in Florida and you sweat a lot, you know, mm -hmm. definitely you would want to look at something like our dry type, you know, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's, it's dry. Me, my favorite of the, of the four is the perforated with the holes. Uh, you know, I mm -hmm. love those, but if you like, if you want something super tacky, then definitely the ultimate, that's our standard type, um, which would be comparable to, uh, I guess a Wilson, Wilson, I, I don't know what they call it, but the Wil Wilson's overgrip. Yeah. Like those say. white. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there are many colors, but I ha I used to have a pack of like the, you know, the white overgrip from Wilson. Yes, like exactly. So our ultimate, yeah, Wilson Pro, yeah, so our ultimate would be comparable to that. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. And then the thin one is just, is that just for people who like more feel like? Yes, exactly. The, okay. Who want something okay. a little bit more, uh, less thick, 
So that would be mm. for them as well. But it's it's very similar. It's basically like the brother or sister to our ultimate budget dinner for Sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, I was definitely impressed by the the different kinds you you have come on here. Cool, man. Cool. And then um the clothing, obviously, you know, like I said, um, I I, I just totally being honest, I wear this like probably like three, four times a week. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, yeah, of course. So I, I could give you a, you know, a quick overview. So we want to, you know, when we're thinking through what do you wear once you're done playing tennis, right? So I guess that was our whole thought process. A lot of people, a lot of players tend to like, especially in New York, right? If you're going to, if you're at a club, you're going to go meet up a friend. There's not a lot of clothes that look nice, you know? And yeah. So we, you know, our designer comes from, he's, from Portugal, but he lives in Paris. He used to work for, you know, high-end designers such as Kenzo, Paco Rabanne. He's worked with brands such as Clarins, um, Hermes, and, you know, pretty high-end. Like, for us to work with him, we had to actually bring him down because, um, you know, the types of fabrics that he wants to use is like, no, that's not the price point that we... <laughs> Cashmere sweaters. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we wanted to basically just come up with a, you know, our version of, uh, a tennis kit, but something that you wear off the court. So, you know, heavily inspired, you know, the shapes are very Japanese, but um, basically it's our take of streetwear. Trying, you know, we have our key logo, but not trying to be overly, you know, logo like a lot of, you know, other uh, brands. We do have our regular merch that does have the logo, but this, we want it to be more um, elevated. But that was kind of our whole thought process and make it genderless because I feel like the trend now is for, you know, like women can wear men's clothes. So like our pants, mm. you know, women and men can wear that. So just, you know, just trying to think of a more genderless world, if you want to say. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's fantastic. And then um, on the, I guess on the, the regular apparel side, mm -hmm. I see that, I mean, you got obviously the hoodie that I'm wearing, which I love. And then you got like t-shirt crew necks in different colors and the hat uh is there any uh thoughts on any other products at the moment or are you just going to oh, kind of yeah. stick with these oh no i mean right now we actually sold out of the cap right now and then the t-shirts are sold out so we gotta you know we gotta re-up on those things but yeah i mean this is just the beginning you know we we have some more fashion oriented like logo merchants that we'll be releasing this summer um doing like small drops and then the big, the big thing that we'll be launching is we're working right now on our performance, you know, which we're super excited mm -hmm. about. So now it's going to be clothing that you can actually play tennis in, you know, Ooh. keeping with our same thesis of being, you know, on the court, off the court coming up, it's going to have a key technology that um, right now no one has on the market, you know, really being stylish, so, you know, hopefully things that people find, you know, cool. So we're super, so we're looking to have that hopefully by the U.S. Open uh, with regards to the performance. Excellent. That's awesome. That's awesome, Eric. By the way, are you going to, I assume you're probably going to be at the U.S. Open? Yeah. Yeah, okay. probably. Cool. Uh, in what capacity, I don't know yet, but um, mm. I, I'll definitely keep you posted as, you know, the date gets closer. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Love to, to meet, uh, meet up with you up there. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Go there. And maybe, and maybe yeah. we can get on the tennis court as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be tight. That'd be great. Yeah, love to hear with you. Cool. And also, um, just in terms of, um, I guess, like the future for you, I know you mentioned the sports products uh, or, you know, the um, tennis wear, which is super exciting. Um, I guess, are there, are there any other other plans uh, for the future or just next steps in terms of trying to um, broaden the brand out to, uh, to more people? So the next step is definitely, you know, we are 
performance is really key because, you know, we've been approached by a lot of, you know, people who like, hey, guys, when are you? That was one of our number one requests. Like if we did do the order all over again or we did the off the off court clothing, we would have done the performance. So we kind of did it mm. reverse. So, you know, our focus is really to get that performance, nail that and just continue to right now is all about brand awareness and getting the brand in front of more people hearing, you know, hearing our story. You know, that's why I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to speak to you to, you know, get the brand message out there. So that, you know, I would say for 2022, that's, you know, like our, you know, big push is, you know, continuing with the brand awareness, getting that performance closed. We're coming, oh, with Junior Racket. So um, we'll be releasing um, this spring Junior Racket. So we'll have a 25 inch and 26 inch Junior Racket. And then we'll have a 98 square inch um, limited edition drop of Racket. That's another thing so certain players like yo eric you know i love the rack but you guys had come with a smaller head so it'll be for those types of players who you know are are used to playing with the 98 so we'll be releasing that we're hoping by the end of april and then from there you know now people start are you doing pickleball so eventually you know we'll we'll look into other um hmm. you know racket sports pickleball will probably be the next um sport that we'll get into um next because it seems like it's it's on fire right now yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely exploding. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely, um, more pickleball people that are taking up the courts and like, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent pleased, you know, sometimes like in some cases they're converting the tennis courts and stuff, but, um, I know, I'm, but you know, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. It's a great, uh, another great sport for people to get exercise and all that. So, I haven't played um, it yet. I just, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it, you know, cause I was like, Oh, <laughs> is this going to mess up my tennis? And um, they're like, no, it's like uh, ping pong on steroids. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm still, I'm still on the fence. I, I haven't been, you know, like I haven't played it yet. So, but you know, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try one of these days. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's just some, you know, interesting rules. Like, I guess you, like, you can't volley or you can't step inside the kitchen. They call it, which is basically like past the service line. I like, just trying okay. to like make a comparison, like uh to volley so anyway there's you know i think you i think you'll like it but i i, I like tennis a little better <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly but we'll yeah. be looking to get into that eventually but yeah yeah for us as a brand overall we just want to continue to grow you know get more people into the sport you know for us it's not every day you see you know a brand a minority and woman-owned brand especially in this category yeah. which i think is you know definitely unique and just again just trying to you know make this sport you know, seem cooler to get more people into the sport. I think that's one of our biggest things is to get more people into the sport. And for me, you know, coming from my background as well, you know, I just wanted to quickly touch upon that. Just keep trying to get more minority kids into the sport. You know, not everyone could be a basketball player. Not everyone could be a football player. Not everyone could be a rapper, but, you know, maybe they can use tennis as a vehicle, as you know, you perfectly said earlier to open doors for them and get them through college. And then, you know, the sky's the limit for that. So that's one of another thing that we're passionate about, you know, at Fury Sport is uh, reason to the game. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, yeah, just, just um, you know, expanding the, the different types of people in the game and uh, helping them, you know, feel like more included in the sport is fantastic, fantastic mission. Oh, also side question that I, mm -hmm. I, I saw, I mean, obviously that you got the Arma Light, Arma Pro there, it says yep. V2. Was there a V1 as well? Yeah. So back in 2018, our first run, wow. when I went to China, we ended up, um, and that's what I actually played with. I played with the limited edition version one. Wow. Um, we, we, we made a limited edition. We numbered them one to 100. So we had a hundred lights and a hundred pros and we played with that. 
yeah. And so we, we sold that. We still have a few left. I have some friends there keeping it actually for, uh, they're like, yo, E, this might be worth something someday. So I'm like, okay, if you want to, ah. you know, okay, cool. But that's what, that's what I actually play with. The V2 is definitely more smoother. You know, this one is like, if you want to consider like a prototype version, but um, that's what I actually play with. I just like, uh, I like racket to have a little rougher feel to it. This, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, I tend to gravitate to that, but, uh, but yeah, so that's the reason why I have a V2 and then, you know, we'll continue with V3, you know, and so on and so on. Very nice. Very nice, Eric. Well, I mean, I've really been enjoying talking with you today, Eric. Uh, I, I want to just kind of reeducate people on on where to, and you know, we're going to have links like uh, in the show notes page and all that. But like, what's the best yep. place for people to to go to check out uh, all of Fury Sports awesome products? Oh yeah, so they can go to FurySport.com and it's spelled F U R I because sometimes we get a F U R Y, but no, it's actually F U R I Sport S P O R T dot com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Fury Sport, F-U-R-I-S-P-O-R-T, or on Twitter. We're not as active on Twitter, but, the, you know, like, you can reach out to us on that. Or if you want to email us, you can email us at support at FurySport.com, or they can just send us a DM on Instagram as well. And we'll eventually Excellent. get on TikTok. That's, that's one of our next things that we need to figure out. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of the youth on there, um, so you can definitely... Yeah hit that market as well. And then, yeah, just to also like the, your social media handles, are, are they at Fury Sport? Yep. Everything. Yep. So Twitter, Fury, um, excuse me, Instagram, it's all at Fury Sport. Um, that's the Instagram. And again, they can hit us up on um, there and, you know, someone on the team will definitely get back to them or if not, they can get support and it will get back to them as well. Excellent. Excellent. So, Eric, um, before we uh, close, just want to ask if you have any other closing thoughts or anything else you want to add um, before we, uh, uh, um, <laughs> you know, again, you know, I'm so appreciative, you know, of this opportunity to, you know, to speak to me. We're definitely trying to um, reimagine how the, the, the sport is viewed, trying to make it a little bit cooler, trying to change it, basically change that narrative that, you know, tennis is just, you know, a country club sport and it's not, I mean, you know, this. You know, just yeah. as we started to build this such, a, it's actually diverse, more diverse than a lot of people would think. You know, I've met people from, it could be from finance to music to, you know, a teacher. You know, I've met so many, you know, different races, Black, White, um, Hispanic, Asian. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so cosmopolitan and, you know, but I, I just, again, it just, that, that's not portrayed. It's always portrayed like, oh, it's just a country club, blah, blah, blah. No. So these are the things that we're trying to, you know, um, bring out, you know, with the brand and, you know, our visuals and what we're trying, what we're working toward to, to, to say that, hey, tennis is for everyone and make it more inclusive. Love it. Love it, Eric. Well, um, yeah, great job again uh, to you and the team. Thank you also. so much. Oh, for sure. And big uh, shout out to Ed as well, who uh, connected us. Um, oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, yes. Cool dude. And um, yeah, I definitely highly recommend everybody to check out Fury Sport, FurySport.com. And, and like I said, we'll have the show, uh, the links that we mentioned today in the show notes page. Um, like I said, I really enjoy uh, wearing the hoodie as well and, uh, I, and testing out the, st- the products. And I definitely get a lot of stares. You know, I feel like people are really interested. Like I was in a Starbucks line on Sunday after playing a match. And then like, I saw somebody like staring at my chest and it's not like I'm a bodybuilder. They're definitely looking yeah, you're at like, the... what are they looking at? <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, I, I hear that a lot. Exactly. And we got to get you a t-shirt. So once we have the next one, we'll definitely uh, send that. Yeah. 
and you know, and you know, one question I do get asked a lot, oh, what's the story with the name? And I'm and I always say, I wish I had a, a good story, but you know, just trying to figure out some name, typing up some stuff in Google Translate and actually I forgot what I typed and then Fury came up, but it was spelled F-U-R-I-I. And I was like, wow, this mm. could be interesting, you know, specifically for sports. Mm. Cause you know, Fury can have a bad connotation, but when you're in sports, you can use, if you tap into your passion and use it positively, you can do anything. So when I instinctively, I was like, wow, that could be interesting for, you know, brand name. So that's the, you know, if you want to call it a story, but. That's cool. Do you remember what language you were searching? I don't know. Oh, it was in Japanese. I typed something in Japanese that, uh, and, and then it came up Fury and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this could be good. This could be good. Uh, that's how we came up with the name. Well, well done, Eric. Well, again, thanks a lot for coming on to the podcast and I'm sure we'll uh, reconnect again soon and I hope to oh, see definitely. you uh, in New York as well. So uh, all the definitely. best. Uh, I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening. You too. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. I hope you really enjoyed my interview with Eric Methelier. Uh, Eric, thanks a lot for coming on to the show. And I uh, really enjoyed our conversation about Fury Sport and for all the links to um, the different products and, and Fury Sports, various socials and website. Definitely check out the show notes. Of course, you can go to furysport.com to check out all their awesome equipment and gear, uh, racket strings, um, and so forth. So, um, with that, I hope that you really enjoyed the show. And if you did, and if you get value from the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts or in your podcast app of choice that you use to listen to the show. I just find that Apple Podcasts uh, seems to be the most popular one out there and the most helpful in terms of moving the needle for the show to be shown. Uh, higher up the list and therefore to have more people benefit from it. So um, each review and rating uh, really does help the show quite a bit. So I really appreciate it. Thank you in advance. And I would also like to leave you with a quote as I often do at the end of the show. And this one is by Mike Murdoch. And Mike said, the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Uh, that is really a fire quote, so to speak, and uh, so true. So definitely look at your daily routine, and if it does not seem very productive and conducive to, to success and prosperity, then you might want to adopt some positive habits, um, such as exercising in the morning or meditating, doing yoga, stretching, things like that, reading, pick up habits that successful people are doing, and it's going to definitely uh, provoke a big change, a positive change in feeling in your lives and your tennis games and so forth. So. Hope you found that little piece of advice along with that quote helpful. And with that, thank you so much for listening to the show. And I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. This is Mirabon Aranshad signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.